Morning, family. What a beautiful time in worship you had this morning. It was amazing to listen as, we, as I was driving over and just sensed the Lord's presence. And it's so wonderful that He is so close to us and near to us in just in every time and every phase of our life. Isn't it amazing? I want to share with you, continue on in our theme for this term, Faith for Tough Times. And um, we've been speaking just considering from the Scripture how do we not only make it through tough times and do it well, but how do we grow and flourish and be strengthened even in times that are difficult? And this morning, I, you know, I want to recognize that sometimes we, we go through tough times. And I know the word tough time is a relative term because it means different things for different ones of us. We all have different life experiences. And uh, sometimes, isn't it amazing how a small event in your life can really feel like it's, everything's falling apart? Has that ever happened to you? Where generally your life could be going well, and then one thing happens, and you go, ah, my life is a mess. Everything's falling apart. Because it's so relative. It's so, it, it can happen in so many different ways. And, but I think all of us know that life sometimes just comes at you at an angle and can surprise you and throw you off, and just, it can be really tough at times. And I think particularly all of us that are involved in pastoral ministry in some way or another, whether you're a life group leader, shepherd, pastor, or just with your friends supporting them. We sometimes, or even in our own lives, we go through times that are pretty hard to explain. And it's one of those big questions of life that we run into on a regular basis, whether it's just people around the, you know, cup of coffee talking about it, whether it's philosophical discussions, but why does so many bad things happen in, on this, in this world? And why are so often good people seem to go through really tough times? That why question is a, is a big question, isn't it? I mean, sometimes I, I've sat with people that are sitting with a child in, on a deathbed. Or with a family that's really going through a, a great time of loss. Or a person that's lost a job and have after, gone for interview after interview and after interview and and it's just, they're just not getting the breakthrough. Perhaps I have to pray with somebody and I know that I may be the hundredth prayer that they've asked for in a situation and it's just, it's tough. And sometimes in those places you get to a point where people say, why? Why is this going on? Why doesn't it seem to be getting better? And those are real things. Those are realities that happen with all of us. Friends of ours that have a baby that contracted uh, cancer and all the struggles that goes with that and they really struggling at this point in time with the why why is this happening and sometimes those why questions can fundamentally shake us in our lives isn't it and can can cause us to question things that we've always been certain about things that we've always counted on and felt that we were secure in can be questioned in times like that when we really get to those places so when we talk about tough times I, I don't want us to think about it too superficially, but for many of you here today, when we talk tough times, it, there's a deep place that it goes to. Perhaps you're still even going through a time where, where, you, where you're trying to move forward and, and stay faithful, but it's tough. It's hard. And I think it's not easy to talk about those things, and I, you know, often when I sit with people, whether it's in hospital rooms or in many other places that you go and you be with people during their hardest times, you feel inadequate. There's no little simplistic answers that you can give people. There's no, 
you know, little quote that you can give them that makes it all better. And, and you struggle through times like that with people, and sometimes you feel like, am I really helping? And it's, it's, it's difficult. And, but these are the realities of life. What I do find amazing, what I do find encouraging and so strengthening to my own faith is how often I've come across people, and particularly people of faith, that are going through real times, but yet they do it. And they just keep doing the right things, and they keep trusting God, and nobody can give them an answer to the why question. Nobody can settle it for them, but yet there's a, there's a, there's a strength in them. There's something in them that says, I know God is faithful. I know God is good and He's with me every single day. And I find that tremendously inspiring when, when I get to sit with people like that. And it's around that that I want to talk a little bit this morning, because, you know, the Scripture doesn't avoid these difficult things. The Scripture doesn't bypass, and the Scripture, the Bible is not a fair-weather faith. You know, when everything's going well, it, it goes well. The Bible really tackles and deals with questions that are very hard for us. If you think about the oldest book in the Scriptures, the older, oldest uh, recorded portion of Scripture that we have is the book of Job, and the book of Job is all about this. How can such terrible things happen to what we would consider to be a good person? There's so much in the Scripture that talks about these difficulties, and I want to spend a little bit of time this morning just unpacking and thinking about one particular portion of Scripture that perhaps is very well known to all of us in, in James 1. And perhaps a scripture that we often quote to one another. Perhaps in those moments when we really don't know what to say to somebody, we'll quote James 1. Count it pure joy when you face trials. How many have ever felt like punching a Christian when they quote a scripture like that? You know, it's, I mean, we're real. And, but this is an amazing portion of scripture written by James to believers that were going through some real tough times, persecution, real struggles. And he writes these words, which are quite radical if you think about it, quite interesting so let's read James 1 from verse 2 to 8 together, and I'm going to be keeping referring back to this portion of Scripture. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they are unstable in everything they do. Here, James tackles this topic of tough life that is hard. And he, and he starts with this counterintuitive, really interesting angle where he says, count it all joy. How many of you know that when you go through real tough times, the first emotion that, that sort of arises in your heart is not joy? Praise God, I'm getting, you know, I, I've, I've got a disease, yay! No, that's not naturally what happens with any of us. There's, yet he says, count it pure joy when you fall into various trials. And I think that's part of the deal. So often you fall into a trial. Nothing you did got you there. It's not always, okay, I, I found it, I don't know about you, but I found it when I go through a difficult time and I can find the reason why I'm going through the difficult time, it becomes easier. 
Even if that reason is because I did something stupid or I did something bad, if I know that I'm going through a tough time and I can directly relate my tough time to a, to a sin issue or an attitude problem or something I have, then I go, okay, I can fix that problem, then the tough time will come over, it's better. But how many of you know often you fall into tough times and there's just, you don't know. It just comes out of the blue. He writes these words to us and, and I want to just mention a couple of things that he's instructing us with, I think, in this book, uh, in this portion of scripture of how, how to deal with tough times. The first thing he speaks to us about is perspective. And he offers us a perspective that we have to take whenever we're in a tough time. And he says this to us, he says, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Now the word count is a very specific word there that according to the couple of lexicons is, is def defined in this way. Consider means to think, count, or regard something based on weighing and comparing of facts. It denotes deliberate, careful judgment stemming from external proof, not subjective judgment based on feelings. So when he says to us, count it pure joy, consider it pure joy when you go, go through trials. He's not saying feel joy. He's saying make a judgment based on facts. And when you make that judgment, it will produce joy in you. It's an interesting perspective. He's saying to you, there's some things that you have to weigh up against one another whenever you go through difficult times. And a couple of the things that we understand from a perspective base, whenever I go through a tough, difficult time and I look at it, there's a couple of things I know as a person of faith that helps me gain the right perspective on that difficult time that I go through. If I do not do that, if I don't have the ability to think objectively about my situation, then what I'm left with is my emotions. And how many of you have gone through a difficult time and your emotions are all over the place? You know, then you feel good, then you feel bad, and you go on this roller coaster ride, and before long you feel like everything's terrible and everything's falling apart because your emotions are getting stirred up, and, your, and our emotions tend to go to the darkest hole it can find if it's left unchecked. And we quickly come to the conclusion that there's no hope for us. Here he says, don't let your emotions run away with you. Sit still, think, consider, weigh up the scales so that joy can be produced in you. So one of the perspectives we have as people of faith around any difficult time we go through is we have a perspective of time. We know that time is measured in eternal measurements. When I look at my life, I can see a beginning point, 17 November 1968, it began, five o'clock in the afternoon, here in Pretoria. My mother was there, she can tell you. It began, but when I stand at my life and I look, so you can make the calculations, that means one of these days I'll be turning 49, praise the Lord. So if I look down this line, I can look at these 49 years, and I get some perspective, and I remember particular times in these 49 years that it felt to me, <gasps> I'm not going to make it, but I can look and say, but I made it. But not only do I have that perspective, when I stand here at my 49 years, I look back, I get some perspective. But then I look that way, and there's no end. There's no end, it just keeps going. And I realize that some point my life on this planet's going to end, but then I step into God's perfect heavenly plan. 
There's no end. So I have a perspective that whatever is happening to me now is a short event. It's a little event. If you think of Paul, a man that's been left for dead a couple of times, locked up, beaten, you know, lost everything. He knows a little bit about tough times and suffering and trials. He said these words in Romans 8 verse 18. Consider, using the same word, consider, think, weigh up the scales. Consider it that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. He says, I put in this side of my scale all my suffering, all my struggles, shipwrecked, left for dead, beaten. I put all of these struggles in this side of the scale, and the scale tips. And then I put eternity, salvation, my Jesus, the hope that I have in him, and I put it in this side of the scale, and suddenly the scale does this. And when I keep my eyes on this side of the scale, joy is produced in me. Joy comes welling up in me. And that's my eternal perspective. We have an enemy that loves to come and load this side of the scale. And he does it sometimes just through making us feel that there's no hope. I think one of the saddest and most tragic things you can experience is when you when you hear of a little, of a, of a young person, 15, 16 years old, who's come through some tough times in their life and really bad things that happened to them, and they've come to the conclusion in their mind that it's never gonna change, There's no, it's never gonna get better. This is the way my life is always going to be. And then they make a decision to end it all. And they can take their life because they have lost perspective They've taken their 15 years or 16 years and made the conclusion, they've considered and said, it's never gonna be better. When we deal with those things, don't you wanna take a person like that and say, even if it's not a young person by the shoulders and say, you don't know what God has in store for you. Don't give up. Keep God's perspective. He is working in your situation. Our first perspective is the time perspective that we have, that just give God time. The second perspective we have is that we know He loves us and He's always working for us. That even when we don't feel it, even when we're not aware of it, when we think God has forgotten about us, God is so far away, God is completely disinterested, we know it's not true. He is busy working. He is fully engaged in this situation. Those two perspectives, if we can keep those perspectives, it really helps us in terms of a difficult time. It helps us to consider, to not make long-term decisions based on short-term realities. And sometimes, and this is the, the reality, is sometimes a whole life can be a life of struggle, but compared to eternity, it remains a short space of time. So let us keep that perspective. Right now in our country, we're going through some pretty difficult times. And I think for people of business, for instance, these are tough times. Whether it's through just the economy and the competition that is increasing and the difficulty, whether it's corruption issues, whatever it is, people are feeling the difficulty. 
it seems to be so hard as I speak to business people just to get people to pay you on time and just to be honest in their dealings. It's, it's hard. It's, it's a tough situation that we find ourselves in. And it's in these times that we want to remind everybody. And, and this morning, I want to particularly also remind our, our business people, our people that are standing and, and trusting God in their businesses. That, and businesses are so important because it not only provides for those people, their families or the involved, but it so often provides opportunities for others and provides for communities and people. And, and we want to stand with you today and, and say, God is faithful. You may be facing a short-term reality, and we understand you have to make decisions based on short-term realities, but never lose the perspective that God is working a longer-term plan. He's working for your good. And don't forget that He is working. He is busy with you. Every Sunday when we come to church here on a Sunday, you'll, if you come in that side particularly, you'll notice there's an ambulance outside. And that's one of the couples in our own congregation, Santi and Felicia Carlson, that volunteered and give us that service on Sundays. They come and, and, and serve our community with that ambulance. And for many people, they've helped over the years just through that ambulance. That business was born out of a time of difficulty as they were, had a failed business partnership with somebody and, and felt just desperate. They came to a time of prayer with one of our business prayer times two years ago. And at that time, a word was given to them. And out of that prophetic word, they started this company and started this paramedics on call service. And through many trials and testings and being, you know, having to go through lots of tough times, they've, they've kept faithful. And, and now on the 9th of September, they celebrated two years in their business and serving in our community. Today, I, we, I just mentioned them as an example of many of you and we honor them for that, and we thank them for their service to this community. But it's just a story. It's just an example of how so often it can look at a point like this is the new reality. But God, but God, God always has more options than we can even think of. He always has tricks up his sleeve that we've never thought about. He can do if we keep perspective. If we keep perspective, because one of the things perspective helps us with is patience. And I'm going to talk about that now, patience. Patience is when we give God time to do what He needs to do. But can we at this moment in time just pray for business people in our congregation? Can we pray and stand with them this morning and trust God for them to be able to go through these tough times and not just survive, not just make it, but actually flourish and experience God's goodness and God's favor? Can we do that this morning? So if you're a business person here today, can we ask that you just stand right where you are? If you're in business, if you employ other people, if you, you know, uh, providing in, in some way in that form, just stand right wherever you are. And we want to come and just come and surround you this morning and pray with you. So I encourage you, let's give a moment. Some of you are deciding, am I in business? Am I not? Where do I fall in this? If you're close to somebody standing, let's just lay hands on them gently, softly, nicely. Not, not hands like this. Can you give me something? <laughs> not those hands, hands like this. Hands that says, I want to bless you today. And let's pray for them. Just put your hands on somebody. And, and if you can pray in a tongue, pray in tongues right now as I pray for them. Or, or just, just you know, agree in your spirit. Lord, we thank you for every one of these people. We know, Lord, that to step out in business 
It takes bravery, Lord. It takes courage. And we thank you for the courage they've taken, Father, for, for standing and stepping forward and trusting, taking the risks, Father. But we want to pray for them today, Father. We pray for an undergirding of their faith in this time in Jesus' name. We pray, Lord, that there would be an increase of revelation of, your, of knowledge of what it is that you've called them to, what your purposes are, what your kingdom plans are for them and their business, Father, in Jesus' name. We pray, Lord, that there would be strength and courage in them, that they will not make the wrong decisions in difficult times, not make decisions because they've lost perspective, but give them your perspective. Speak to them, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Show them what you are busy doing and what you are preparing them for, because this difficult time is a preparation, Father. And we pray for them. We pray for strength and courage, Lord. We pray, Lord, that they would experience your embrace during this time. And Father, we also pray that you would keep them, that no weapon formed against them will prosper, that no temptation of the enemy will succeed, but give them a strength inside of them to not give in to this world and its system, but to stand in faith. And we release over them, Father, today in Jesus' name. We release over them the supernatural provision, the supernatural release of the Spirit of God in Jesus' name. And we thank you for it, Lord. We bless every one of them. And we trust you for their, just for their, just their well-being in this time in Jesus' name. And we all say, amen, amen, amen. amen. It's in times like these where the, the next thing we need in our perspective is to have patience, like I said, because patience allows for God the time that He needs to work. When God works in these situations and we are patient, we are able to wait, and we say, okay, Lord, I'm, I'm not gonna act until I know what you want me to do. And sometimes that's quick. It doesn't mean it's necessarily a long time because you know, in life we have to make quick decisions sometimes. Until I have the best sense that I can get of what it is that you want me to do, I'm not gonna do just what I feel is right. I'm really gonna seek you. I'm really gonna trust you and get the right input that I can so that I can make a decisions from a place of patience, not from a place of fear, from a place of trusting you, not from a place of being forced as much as I can. Because it's in those times, the scripture here says it, and let me just read it for you again. It says, count it all joy when you face, fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its full perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Because that's what God is doing. Is in every difficult time, he's, he's using that. He may not be the author of the difficult time, but he's definitely gonna use the difficult time to do something in your life which James describes as being complete, perfect, complete, lacking nothing. That's what God is doing. And what does that mean, perfect, complete, lacking nothing? Does that mean we'll become perfect people that never sin, never make mistakes? I don't think so. I don't think that's what it means. Remember, he's talking about our faith. He says that when your faith is being tested, let patience have its work so that your faith can go through the testing it needs to go, so that it, your faith, can become perfect, complete, lacking in nothing. God is working on our faith all the time. Now, one of the ways that faith is described in the Scripture is faith is described as a shield. So this is my shield today, my shield of faith. 
We, each of us that are believers, each of us that are children of God have a shield of faith. God has given you a shield, and, and this shield is what, what you stand in. It's what keeps you grounded in and, and staying to that which God's Word says you have to do. It's by faith. The enemy shoots fiery darts at us because what's the enemy's objective with your life is he wants to remove you from God's plan. He wants to break your relationship with God, and he wants you to step out of what God has in store for you. So he shoots fiery darts of temptation, of pressure, of just he's trying to push us all the time to get away from what God has installed for us. So when he shoots the fiery dart at me, I lift my shield of faith and I hold my shield of faith and I say, no, I will not give in to your temptation. I will not give in to your pressure. I will not allow you to push me away from what God has installed in my life and who God is. I will not step away from my foundation of the love of God. This is my shield of faith. Our shield of faith, though we have it, it develops and it grows and it gets strengthened like a muscle. It needs testing. Testing is when you, when you check whether something is strong, like the spring box. <laughs> we had a great season. We won all our games and undefeated, but we all knew we all knew that until we've played the best, we will not know how strong we really are. And I won't say anything more about that. <laughs> Suddenly, we all came to a thud, if you're a rugby supporter. Uh, we all came to a big realization yesterday that there's a big hole in what we thought we were. And that's the same with our faith. Your faith strengthens by being tested, by being going through trials. And what happens is our faith shield gets built bit by bit in reality, in practice. It gets built little by little. It's almost like a puzzle that pieces are being put in place all the time as we go through difficult times. So sometimes in my life, I may think my shield is very strong, and I can say to people, you know, God has been so good to me, and I can stand and whatever, and then I get into a situation, and suddenly I realize there's a gap in my faith. My faith is not complete, perfect, lacking nothing. My faith actually has a gap in it, and I'll never know that until I step into the testing ground. I won't know it, and remember, our faith is God's treasure, it's gold. It's more precious than gold, the Scripture says. Our faith is what God loves. It's, it's what He rewards, the Scripture says. So our faith really needs to be strong. It's not an optional extra. It's what everything is built on is our faith. So if there's gaps in our faith, we're going to be in trouble. So God uses times of testing where I hold up my shield and suddenly an arrow comes through and it hits me. And I go, <gasps> what happened there? But I thought I had faith whether it's my emotions that get all upset because of something or my attitude or suddenly I behave very badly or I do things that I know I shouldn't because there's a gap in my faith. And then the Lord says, okay, now let's work on this area. And as I deal with the situation, as I step in patience, keep my perspective, God is busy with a long-term plan. I keep my perspective. He's been faithful to me in the past. He will be faithful in the future. And heaven is coming. If I keep my perspective, if I know that no matter if it feels to me like I'm failing and I feel like God is just, I'm up the creek, God has left me, 
It's not true. There's just a gap here. And if I stay patient in God, patience will work. It's work in me, and this gap will begin to be closed. But there's unfortunately no other way to do it. It's the testing of our faith. And when we stand in these times, our shield becomes stronger. So that not only does it protect us, but eventually what happens is our shield becomes a protection for others. Have you ever experienced in your life where sometimes the areas in your life where the gap was the biggest, when God works on that and He starts filling in that gap, that's an area where you suddenly become really useful to other people because you've exercised that muscle. Now you can help other people when they have to go through that and say, okay, let me share with you how my faith gap was filled and how I can stand with you and now faith becomes and God is consistently working until the day we go to be this Jesus and we are transformed in the, in this, in the, twink, oh, in the blink of an eye, twinkling of an eye, the blink of an eye, and we become perfect like Jesus. Until that day, God is always working on every one of us so that we can be complete, perfect, lacking nothing. But right now, we're still in that process. And if we understand that, it helps us just in this radical approach of James, to consider it all joy. Because testing is not a sign of failure. It's a time, it's a sign of maturing. It's a sign of growth. And unfortunately, I want to tell you, you'll never get to a place where you will not have to grow. So now I'm standing in my faith and I'm trusting God. And I, I say, okay, Lord, I'm patient. I'm waiting for you. What do I do in the time of patience? Because faith is never act passive. It's never just shh, whatever, God. Faith is always active. It's always engaging. It's always leaning in. It's always busy, reaching for what God has. It's, it's positioning yourself in that place. So here again, he encourages us. If we read further, he says, so that your faith may be perfect, complete, lacking in nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, if any of you lack what to know what to do in this situation, what's going on? What is God busy doing? If any of you lacks any wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. So in that time when I'm standing and I'm saying, Lord, I'm keeping my perspective, I'm patient, that's the time where you come closer to God and you ask. You ask. Ask of me, the scripture says. It's a time to talk to God, to be honest with God. I, I found it in my life that sometimes, <laughs> it's just amazing how some pressure builds up in my life and I'm starting to go through tough times and I'm really wrestling with things until it comes to the point where I actually get a little bit, I don't even want to say this loud, can we just not record this for a moment, where, where I get a little angry with the Lord and I start fighting with Him. Now, let me say this. When I fight with the Lord, I know I'm actually fighting with myself. Because there's nothing worse than fighting with somebody that you know is never wrong. He's not going to go, oh, I'm so sorry. I missed it. I just had a bad day. He's perfect. So it's, you know, it's like kicking the wall. The wall is not going to get a broken toe. I know that. But I found that it's very necessary for me sometimes to say things like, forgive me for saying this. If you think this is blasphemy, then forgive me because I know this is not. But I say things like this to Lord. I say, Lord, I don't think you're being fair to me. I don't think you're coming through for me. You said you're going to do this. I do not see you doing this. I don't think this is right. 
I say things, like, and I'm still alive, so uh, I've been doing that for a long time. Not all the time, and, but there's times when I just need to say. Normally it goes like this. Lord, I know you're not being fair to me. Lord, forgive me for that because I know you're always fair and everything you do is right. But I know that it just doesn't feel like it's right. I'm repenting while I'm doing it, but I'm fighting with the Lord. I'm just not happy. Because it's in those times where I reveal my heart. Not to him, actually, because he knows it. But it's like I bring it into the light. I actually reveal the gap in my shield. When the Lord can go, okay, now, I'll, now we're on the same wavelength. We understand. Let's, let's work at this now. And I want to say to you, God wants you to be honest with him, to talk with him. He's the best person to tell all your feelings to. Because he never doubts you. You don't have to explain yourself. He knows you. He loves you. You can tell him. I mean, David did it all throughout the Psalms. Lord, will you just destroy them? Will you kill all of them? They're driving me nuts. He said those kind of things, you know, in his language. But how can, can we do that? Can we, can we, when we're really going through tough times, talk to God about it? Explain it to him like he doesn't understand. Tell him that whatever you're feeling. Those are great moments because what happens when you do that, you come closer to God. And that ultimately is the prize, is to come closer to him. So that's why he says, ask, ask the Lord. Know that he's going to be faithful to you. And then the last thing he says in this scripture that I read with you this morning is he said, so when you've asked, ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they are unstable in everything they do. I think this is what he's referring to. He's saying, if you're going to ask God for wisdom, it's going to take time. He's going to work. He's going to do a proper job. There's no shortcuts. He's going to do a proper job. So you've got to give him time to do this. And if you want God to do it, you've got to, you've got to stand and stay standing. If you start doubting, you're going to put yourself through hell. Because what's going to happen to you the moment you start doubting, is God, does God love me? Is God real? You know, is God ever going to come through for me? What do you then do with yourself is you put yourself back on this emotional roller coaster and you start having you start doing this with your life. You start being knocked around all over the place by whatever wind and whatever probable solution comes your way. So let's, you know, now, now I'm doubting. I'm not no longer standing on a secure base that God's going to come through for me. So now I start running around looking for answers. Perhaps the answer is found here. And then I try this answer and then it, it fails because it's not God. And then I, I go and I run and I, I try this answer and, and, I, and I, perhaps this medication is the right thing. And I try this and ooh, the medication fails. And then I think, oh, perhaps if I go here and if I, if I do this and let this person help me, then it's going to, and, and then I start running to it around because I'm being led by my need and my struggle and I will be tossed to and fro. And you can spend your whole life like that. Or you can stand. Whenever, when you've done everything to stand, stand. And when you stand with your shield of faith, and you allow God to be doing His work in your life, and you stand and you say, sometimes you stand like this. It's like, oh, I don't want to be standing, I want to fall. It's easier to fall. 
but I'm standing. And you just stay standing. God is working. Whoops. There goes the gap. And God is working. God is busy. So if you're standing, stand. It's remarkable when you meet people of faith and they say, I don't know, I can't give you answers, but God. I think of Job that went through all those difficulties and when his friends were trying to convince him to give up, he said the following in, in Job, uh, where's my scripture? In Job 13, 15, he said the following, God might kill me, but I have no other hope. I am going to argue my case with him. So even if God doesn't come through with me, there's no other option for me. Think of Daniel and his friends. They refused to worship at the idol of the king. They refused to bow down, so they get captured, and they get taken, and they get put there in front of the fiery furnace, and they say to them, we're going to put you in this fiery furnace. We're going to burn you alive. Now, if you want to discover if there's a gap in your faith, just stand in front of the fiery furnace. Suddenly you realize, whoops, I thought I can do everything, but... <gasps> So there they stand, and they're going to put them in the fiery furnace. They say, if you just deny your faith, you'll be allowed to get, they say, they say the following words in Daniel 3, verse 17. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the furnace of blazing fire, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. They're saying, our God can save us. You can do with us what you want. He can save us. But then they add this little very important bit. But even if he does not... So he can save us, but if for some other reason in his wisdom he decides not to save us, let it be known to you, O king, that we are not going to serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. It is made up for them. I am standing. If I die standing, I am standing in my faith. Because this body can perish but I have an eternal glory with the Lord. I have an eternal place in the glory of the Lord. And it, that faith, can I tell you, I think that faith makes our lives a lot simpler and a lot easier. Because then we're not running around. We're not trying to figure it all out. You know, without God, we're standing in God and we say, Lord, thank you that we know there's an answer. But ultimately, you are the answer. We want you. And this is the treasure that God does in every situation. He comes close to you. He may not give you the answer for the why, but He gives you the reason for your existence, which is Him. And He says, and you've never come to the place of treasure until you've realized that all I need is God. When you're in the valley of the shadow of death, but you feel I'm okay because God is with me, then you have discovered the treasure of life. And God is not afraid of sharing that treasure with us. And He's consistently working, perfecting our faith. So I want you to remember that perspective because some of you here are going through real times, difficult times. I think particularly of people that right now are unemployed and struggling and with an economy that's, that's struggling and you may be you know, out of a job and you're saying, Lord, Every day is a struggle. I don't know where tomorrow is going to come from, the provision I need. I don't even know for today, perhaps. I want to encourage you and to say, God is busy. He's busy. 
But we want to pray with you this morning also. So if you're here this morning and you're trusting God for a breakthrough in your, in your work situation, perhaps you have a job, but it's really, it's not making ends meet. It's, it's, you know it's not the place where you should be. It's just to help you, tide you over for a period of time. But God is moving you. Or you're without a job. Can I ask you to stand right now where you are? And we want to pray for you in the same way as we prayed earlier for the business people. Just stand with us. Thank you for those that are standing. We want to trust God with you this morning. Because God has got perfect and good plans for you. If you're close to a person like that, can you also just lay your hands on them and just stand with them for a moment. and Let's surround our brothers and sisters in faith. Let's pray together. If you want to pray in your tongue with them, please do so. If you just want to agree with my prayer, Lord Jesus, we thank you for every one of our brothers and sisters. Lord, we want to make sure that in their heart of hearts they know that you love them, that you created them for a purpose and a plan, that they are, in, that they are the people that you have made, Father, and we want to speak over them the love of God, the acceptance of God, the understanding of their hearts of hearts, Lord, that you love them, that they become secure in that love, Lord. And that you are their father and that you are their provider. And Lord, we pray for them in this time of difficulty, in this time where there's lack in their lives. Father, we pray that you would provide for them. Not only once they get the job, but now on the way towards what, you, what they need, you provide for them, Lord, in Jesus' name. We pray for breakthroughs for them, Father. We pray that, that supernatural release of just what they need. And then we ultimately pray, Lord, that, uh, that they'll get the right position the right job that they need in Jesus name that which is in your heart for them that which you have prepared for them and are busy preparing for them Lord we trust you for that release in their lives today in Jesus name and I pray for them as they standing in faith seeing what is not yet real but seeing it in faith I trust your Holy Spirit that you would keep them strong that this will actually become a really beautiful time in their lives where they will come closer to you and feel you more real than before. Not only in their feelings and emotions, but in their, in their spirit, Lord. That they will grow closer to you. That you will be their portion. That you will be the bread of life. That you will sustain them. I pray that for them, Father. But we look forward to hear the testimonies of the breakthroughs that you have given to each of them. And we thank you for it, Lord. And we all declare you are faithful and you are good in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you for being with us this morning. Whatever you are busy going through or perhaps you are standing with somebody else that's going through a tough time, may the Lord's presence just be with you and may He strengthen you. Speak to Him. Be busy with God, engage with God, and let Him help you and grow you and strengthen you and perfect your faith during this time.